Hello and welcome to The Common Denominator, a place where I like to create a common ground with very complex affairs. Sometimes the only thing we're really missing is a perspective on how these affairs work. And I'm here to try to shape that for you, try to help you along, to help you shape your world, to try to bring an explanation to some things that may be slightly imperceptible. This one just kind of popped in my head, uh, and I'm trying to be organic with it, so forgive me if it sounds weird, but, so, have you ever, like, known anybody that was, like, really controlling, and tries, like, you see them try to, like, reach their hands down into the very things that, like, not only, like, shouldn't be, like, controlled or try, shouldn't be, like, dictated by another person, but literally are things that cannot be dictated by another person. Isn't that funny? It's always odd. Um, control, to me, is one of those contradictory principles. Hmm. And it's only contradictory based on our perception of what it is and how it... Uh, between what it is and how it works. Because we believe that in order to control things, or to have control, that we have to, like, have a grasp on it firmly, you know, and that whatever this thing is and whatever it does, it only moves and does whatever I say it does. And that's where we think of control, you know, that we can essentially do this to anything, you know, like, uh, like controlling a character on a screen or something like that. But what's wild is that control to me in reality doesn't work by grasping your hands on it. And to me, when you know somebody that's controlling, they constantly are trying to grasp everything that they can. You know, and in such a way that only moves, or in fact, in the way that they want it to. And I find that so odd, because it's like, it, it, it must be tiring, in fact, to try to control everything. Because it must be, because to me, the, the object of trying to actively you know, grasp and control the things around you is, like, in fact, trying to mop the ocean on the shoreline. Because it's just like, yo, you can't control the sea. Like, it's just you versus the rest of life. So it is baffling to me when people spend all of this time trying to, like, grasp so firmly at things, believing that once they finally grasp hold, that it will never move ever again. Or that everything eventually will always move to their satisfaction or their satiation. And, like, that's just not the way to gain that. As a matter of fact, that is the specific way, to me, is to lose. That's how you lose that. That's where we get to this contradictory perception. Is that control is not something that is to be had. Uh, control is something that is to be gained, I think. I think that's the word I'm looking for, because really, I think control is something to be accomplished in a large way, because it takes the contradictory principle in order to achieve it, because you have to let go to finally understand where you have control. And the one thing about reality 
about the world that we live in is that there's only one thing that we can honestly ever control. And that's ourselves. There's literally nothing else. In fact, we can't really control anything uh, when it comes down to it, except for ourselves. Because you're not another person, and you don't have their brain. You don't have the ability to control somebody else's mind. Um, though a lot of people believe that they can achieve a sense of control through manipulating someone else's behavior uh, into doing what they want, but the essence is is that you still have to have somebody that believes you in that manipulation, too. If you are trying to do it for any other thing other than a genuine connection, manipulation eventually has its base point. Because when somebody else is doing something genuine and you're just simply trying to control that using that generosity, um, you're using that genuineness, like eventually that genuineness sees through essentially the plot point, the plot hole. And what sucks about control when you're trying to control another person is that you actually kind of need the other person for it to work. So if you're trying to control someone else's life, if that person decides that they don't want to be controlled anymore then they essentially find their way out, in one way or another. And so you find yourself having to, as the controlling person, put do all these machinations, I, I believe, to put someone else back in your grasp. Or, and you know, like, and to those people that are like that, that believe that they're going to be like sociopaths or something like that, like, as it's, you have no idea to me the people that, if you think you can control people, eventually the only person, like, like, by far, the only person you're fooling is yourself. Because you have to, in order to believe that you can. Like, essentially, you really do. Like, you have to believe that every, you have to assume, in fact, all the things that people are thinking about you, in order for your manipulations or what you believe your machinations are to work. And even though a lot of human behavior can be readable, it's not entirely predictable. So, once again, it doesn't make it like, oh, I can just control everybody without content. I don't know. So silly to me. But outside of this, outside of that part of what I, of the controlling people, uh, what what I'm trying to get to is, what this is, who this is really for, is for the people that find themselves a little out of sorts by the things around them. Because one of the other aspects of control that is imperceptible is that when you attempt to control other things, you give your power to other things. And as a person, if you are like, if you can't seem to move without needing something from someone else, without having to require people to be on your level, even, like that is an attempt at controlling the environment around you. And in thusly, in doing so, give your power to your environment. And that is a really important thing to acknowledge. As far as what you give your power to. Because we don't necessarily notice in our language, it's like a magic spell in the like, craziest way. Where we don't necessarily notice in our language was like, somebody makes me feel something, this person makes me feel this way. Do you know that that is actually a magic spell? I, um, and this, and anybody who plays Destiny would say that they, they hear this phrase that regardless of a magic spell, like, oh, something of mine, 
Um, and uttering the words actually kind of creates this magic connection or a mind control spell. But I believe that works in the same way. When you say that this person makes me feel this way, you are relinquishing your control, the control of yourself to this other person. You're saying that regardless of who I am, regardless of the way that I feel, this person is infiltrating my mind and my body and my emotions and making me feel otherwise. And though I understand that a person may be standing in front of you attempting to make you feel those things, because we all know that, especially if you've been through these kind of controlling relationships with people, that they always attempt to make you feel something that you don't want to feel. Guilt, anger, you know, resentment, all these things that you may not be trying to feel, but they're just wanting to make you feel them so badly. Even in those instances when somebody is trying to, you always have the choice to feel otherwise. As strongly, as strong as one may want to disagree with the sentiment. Unless you are killed, there is no way a person can jump inside of your emotions in the fullest extent. And I know that there are exceptions that have brought a person beyond and to a breaking point with others, but it is not to say that it is impossible, you know, to take that much control and charge over yourself, because it really does take an awareness of who you are as a person in order to gain that control, because if somebody else makes you feel, it's like, well, we'll take it to outside of the extreme here and say that if you show up to work and there's this one person at work that always just does this thing that, you know, Everybody dislikes, you know, they're a little less than stellar about the way that they are. And sometimes the way that they work affects the, your job. See, there's a huge choice to make here where it's like you can allow this person and their worth ethic to become the thing that drives your entire day. Or you can just work to the best of your ability because you don't have to go home with that person. You know, and sometimes it is, in fact, an extreme choice like that, or perspective that has to go that far out. Because it, it's truly something to consider. It is truly something to insert, in fact, as a level of hesitation uh, towards your feelings in the subject matter. Because hesitation is like a very huge tool into understanding where you're losing control. Where it's like, wait a second, I don't have to feel this way. Or why do I feel this way? Is it because that this person, is it because of what this person is doing? Or is it because of what I'm choosing to feel? And if this person is doing something that choose that makes you make this choice, I say, still acknowledge that it was a choice that you made. <sighs> and there... Therein lies the secret of control, is that control is a relinquishment of what's going on. Because really, an essence of control is not about changing this other person's behavior to change your day. Control is about changing your day, yourself, 
and not requiring or needing anyone else to do that. Like you don't need, and this is this is a tool <clears throat> that when shapened and honed that can extend to all areas more so than just control. This is also with grief and rejection. You get a chance to find your own affirmation, to find your own closure even, because you no longer require essentially the, the uh, approval or the, hmm, what's the word? Um, oh man, I forgot the word. <laughs> uh, so it's more, or the permission, really. I like permission. Permission is a really good word. Actually, permission is a really great word for this whole thing. Because, like, that's essentially what you're doing, is that you're letting someone, you're giving someone the permission to make you feel some way, uh, some kind of way. And, uh, what was it Eleanor Roosevelt said that nobody, no man can make, or I don't know, it was either Marcus Aurelius or Roosevelt, Eleanor Roosevelt, but... Regardless, the principle still stands, is that no man can make another man feel anything without his permission first. That's just, that's the quote. That's the whole thing. And that is by far the element and the secret of control. Is that every time something comes your way and you react to that, if you allow this thing to come in and totally take control of your, your emotions and make a decision for you, you gave it permission to do that. You did. And you have to acknowledge that. Where you go from there is completely up to you. But I almost guarantee you that if your next step has to do with guilt, or being hard on yourself for allowing these things to happen, then you kind of took a step backwards. Because control and understanding that is also allowing yourself those natures of, of being human. Like... Some, you, sometimes you mess up. Sometimes you let something in you didn't mean to. Sometimes something comes along and you have a huge reaction to it. And there's almost nothing to be done about that. Even in those moments where you felt like you lost control for even just a moment. See, after that point, you still have another choice to make. You can feel bad and rub that in for as ever long as you need to. Or you can... Let's see, we actually have a couple of different options here. Uh, one of my favorites uh, is, actually comes from the anime Garen Lagan. Uh, if anybody else has ever seen that, it's very life-changing. Um, if you see it as only a giant robot anime, you're very much so missing the point. <laughs> um, but it has, there's a very avid, like, phrase that if you mess up and you feel bad about it, you should get slugged by someone. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, and by far, is one of my favorite principles. Because you can be so mad at yourself and everything and constantly want to beat yourself up and act as though you need to be severely punished by something or someone or God or whatever. But what if I just punched you in the face and said, wow, that was really stupid. Don't do it again. Would you be able to move on then? Then that's what we're really talking about here. I mean, really, it's like, that's, a, that's it, it's exactly it. It's, if I were to come over and punch you in the face and told you that you did bad and you had the pain to remember, would you finally move on because somebody hit you for it? 
Or are you still going to sit there and feel bad about yourself and still think that you should be punished by something else? Because that's like, I, I mean, that's really what it gets down to in grief, even. Is like, go ahead and beat yourself up as hard as you, go ahead and punch yourself in the face. Go ahead and headbutt the wall or something like that, but just get past it. Uh, because, like, the longer you sit in your grief, the less control you have of your, emo of, like, of your actions after, really. Because it's like, you're now allowing your grief to drive, in fact, the way you feel. And it's your grief. You can choose to move past it if you want to. Like, there's no one around telling you that you needed to carry it. And that that is another form of control. Sometimes we hear, in fact, the people that were in our lives that cause these like areas of doubt and grief and rejection and to to make these emotions feel so much heavier than they really are. Like, and then at those points, we hear those people in the back of our heads. They may still be in our lives, but they're not there, and they're not living your life. And you know what? It doesn't even matter if they really knew. Truly. Because taking control sometimes of our lives is also making the choice to keep those people in them or to exercise those people from them. Because there is no guilt to me and to creating a healthy space around you. And if that requires taking out people that create this, these levels of toxicity, then that is the way you take your life back, as you expel that from yourself. And you are free to make that choice, however it, however it has to go. And you are free to live that guilt, and if you still need somebody to punch you in the face just because you had to go through it, you know, I'm, I'm game. Like, be like, punch, yeah, you did it, and you're kind of a jerk, to that person, but they needed it, so just, let's go, <laughs> you know, because we do feel that, like, sometimes we get to, like, we, it's, it's hard, it's hard to break out of a controlling relationship with another person, when a person tries to reach in, and, and, like, has attempted to, like, make you feel all these different things that you did not want to feel, and, it, and at some points, literally succumb to them, like, and there's a lot of grief and guilt with, like, leaving those people, because you still hear those words in the back of your head, but, yo, if you need me to be like smack, yo, hey, you did, you did good. You did good. I can do that. I'm not really even trying to hit people, though. <laughs> I'm not really trying to hit people, and I don't really think it needs to actually come to violence in order for somebody to make that choice. But, hey, it, it is, in fact, something that should be taken with, I think, that kind of ferocity. Truly. Like... Like, it is your life, and you should be able to have this freedom. And here we get to a very interesting concept it comes in parallel to, uh, control and freedom. Because freedom is also imperceptibly strange. A lot of people still express freedom as the concept of being able to do whatever you want without consequence. However, I do, but however, the concept of freedom is exercised in the form of restraint. Because freedom is how you choose to restrain yourself, not how you choose to just be uninhibited. Uh, because essentially, you are already uninhibited. 
you know, because nobody's literally nobody's stopping you from running around naked, uh, you know, choosing a gun, blowing up things, doing whatever it is that you call like, and a, a basically an a, a, and a free system or what one would believe to be a free system, but it's still like, and of course, and you know, of course, everybody would say like, if you did any of those things, the police would come and arrest you. Yes, but that was an exercise of freedom you had until they threw you, threw you in. Um, <laughs> because in a lot of those cases, exercising your freedom restricted a lot of other people <laughs> and also caused all, probably a lot of harm and in very, various ways. It's the reason why there's like the exercise of freedom uh, is in, in fact, a level of restraint we have to impose on a given space. Uh, if you ever, anybody out there happens to be uh, fans of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, they do a fantastic episode on this entire concept where they open the bar and it is like they, they let it go no holds bar. Like they're just like, you can do whatever you want because it's freedom, it's America, you should be, be able to do everything that you want. Well, people started coming in doing things they didn't like. And eventually it was like, well, we can't just let that go on. We eventually got to do something about the stuff that we don't like. Because it's making everybody else want to leave because they don't like that thing either. And it's destroying the business. And then they find themselves unable to control the situation because now everybody's just doing whatever they feel like. And there is not a sense of freedom that's erupting from it, but actually a sense of oppression. And so, <laughs> and this is why we the concept of freedom is something to very drastically understand when it comes to a sense of control is that restraint is your exercise in freedom. Choosing to restrain yourself in different ways, as opposed to going this way, you choose to go that way, or as opposed to living this way, you choose to live this way. All of these things that you live in your own life, like in, for example, like here's where we get to the concepts that we aren't free in. You see, because, like, I happen to live the van life, you know? And albeit this concept is freeing in vastly different ways, whereas, like, my home isn't restricted to, you know, a single place, and I no longer have to pay rent, you know, essentially, uh, for where I am, it doesn't mean that I get to essentially be wherever I want. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the aspects of being outside or being uh, without a house is that you start to learn very much so that, like, you're not necessarily free at all um, because you can't, like, restrict yourself or choose to, I guess, live in a way, even if it's harmless, uh, live in a way that is uh, really, re like, unrestricted. I don't know. Because, like, when you're outside, because when you don't have a house, everywhere outside is property, is public property or private property. And those are spaces that, like, essentially you're either allowed to be on for a very limited amount of time or essentially not at all unless it's given express permission by the property. So, you know, kind of have to know the, you kind of have to know a person in order to get a little bit of freedom in these cases. Or you have to be very lucrative in order to be able to, like, live your life amongst these standards. It's a very strange way of restricting things. Um, but it's, like, odd how, you know, there's a lot of penalty <laughs> for being able to just live, for living in a certain way and not necessarily being in a certain way. Because um, that's, that's where it gets to me, is that, like, when you're talking about ways of restricting your lifestyle that causes no harm to anyone else... 
and simply just is a person being in a space, not causing harm to anyone else. But yet that is penalized. This is where you get to the other side of freedom. <laughs> Getting to the other side of oppression and the beginnings of it. Because I understand freedom, the way I understand freedom is that, like, you should be able to choose the way you want to live. As opposed to, like, being constantly restricted to a single form of living. There's where these this spectrum between, like, oppression and freedom kind of remains, because they're essentially the same... Uh, they're essentially the same systems that operate on by the same principle. Only difference is that one extends even further into personal expression versus freedom being, in fact, an, an entire personal expression, you see. And, like, when we are no longer capable of expressing ourselves personally is when you've bridged from away from the spectrum of restriction in the realm of freedom and have branched into this restriction that follows into the spectrum of oppression, you see? And this is where we get to, like, uh, <laughs> this is where we get to things about, like, who you can marry and what color your skin is and how much of an opportunity you have in this place. Like, you know, these things... These things are personal expressions. Like, the color of my skin, something I'm born with, didn't get a chance to change it, has nothing, shouldn't, in fact, be any kind of form of expression whatsoever. Truly. But, in this country, it is. Because we were raised to see stuff like that. And we've had systems that are entirely built on them. So, unfortunately, there's a lot of oppression centered around it. Because there was no freedom in being able to, like, live our lives, you know, simply based on something we couldn't control. It's be well beyond, in you know, going into that personal form of expression is where we get to that massive form of oppression. And yet, some of the less subtle ways that we didn't see it is that marriage, being able to marry freely, is a personal form of expression and thusly shouldn't have any guidelines restricting it, you know? Being able to have tattoos, color your hair, anything that pertains to one's body, and how they choose to have that body, is that is personal expression. Laws against those are violate that personal expression turns into oppression. It is not an expression of freedom, to essentially oppress someone else's rights in an in interpersonal way when there was no danger present to that rest of that population, you see. You know, like, it is the pure difference between, like, saying, hey, killing someone is bad, and being like, being a black person is bad. You know? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, there, these are huge differences here. And yet we've like had a very bad mixture of interlining the t interlacing the two, and have even done so with other means, um, like even methods of work, our ways of working are kind of oppressed or restricted because, you know, we're we should be at a standpoint where what you work shouldn't determine your rate of living, but yet we've always we've been consistently doing this 
uh, throughout all of our society. Like you have to get like you went through college to get a better paying job, period. Even though some of the better paying jobs are still without college, we gave it that stigma. You know, <laughs> we lived under underneath the circumstances of repress of restricting ourselves uh, very heavily to only high paying jobs. And if you don't have a high paying job, you have to essentially suffer the consequences of living. And like that is way beyond where to me where we should be, because like I don't need to I don't I don't need to go to bed at night think knowing that, you know, my next door neighbor is a seeking a six figure salary. Because that's essentially the way I feel like we're they're being taught to live. That we have to care about the amount of money that someone else is making to justify the way that we live, you know, in our own lives. And I, I, I'm just not about relinquishing that level of control to me. Like, I want to work in a field that I enjoy. I don't really care about how much money it makes. And it's sad that I have to be that way because... You know, it should be fair, to me, fairness, in all fairness, like, everybody should have a living a living wage, regardless of what position they work, and, like, base minimum, base minimum. If you want to make more money, go put yourself through training, but it doesn't mean that the bottom end has to be lower just because you have to climb higher. Like, put in the effort, sure, put in the effort, but don't, like, dog out the people that are on the bottom uh, simply because, like... There are different types of effort out there, because <laughs> that's essentially what's going on, is that we, we say that there are people that aren't worth living and thusly try to oppress their lives and are that aren't worth, like that have jobs and occupations that aren't worth having and thusly kind of crush freedom in that same sense of repressing, of oppressing like our, our wages based on that. Like, you know, was this, you see what I mean? Like, this is the conundrum that we have of freedom and control, because if we wanted the, the ability to control our lives more fully, then living a living wage would be that thing, you know, a living a greater wage and less and no rent, essentially, <laughs> would be the way that a lot of people would be able to take control of their own lives. Uh, so the concept of rent to me is an entirely different thing. I think it's mind boggling that we even tried to say that, like, you know, the one basic need that every human ha needs to survive is something that people have to earn and are not even necessarily born with, despite how, like, children are supposedly precious and need to be sheltered, but we just don't value them after a certain point. Yeah, it really, God, this really eats me alive sometimes. But yes, like, shelter is a basic human right. Uh, to say that it isn't is to relinquish the control to yourself. <laughs> In fact, you are saying that you don't think that you deserve shelter as well. You think that just because you had to earn it means that it's worth it's warranted to you despite how if you live in a leasing situation or if you haven't paid off what you're trying to own any any given point these organizations are going to come in and take your stuff the landlord's going to come in kick you out so if you don't own what you have then you are in no better position than anyone else is in you have no more control over your situation than anyone else has so, I don't know. I would have to say, like, uh, part of that issue that we do have is money, because money tries to... Unfortunately, money is a larger aspect of trying to control our situation, and having to gain control over a situation with less money is so much more difficult based on the way that we live. And I find this to be very insanely tragic, 
uh, once again, because we like live in so many different ways that just relinquish this control from us. Like we don't get a chance to really choose how we want to live because we're busy just trying to do it. Um, and it's a really diabolical way of taking control away from people's lives, uh, constantly forcing them to move lest we essentially die. Um, and, and that's like, I don't know, I, I find that to be, once again, like I find that to be pretty diabolical, and I believe that there are ways to take that back. Because finding, because one of the other aspects of the way that we are, we are told that we're supposed to live, that relinquish this control from us, is that we still live in a very materialistic world. And in this materialistic, in, in this, these realms of materialism, well, we tend to have a really bad habit of just like, I, we, we, we tend to basically just constantly seek bigger and better things in this materialistic, materialistic way when, believe it or not, we can still live with such more, such meager means and such more space uh, and still actually not only be comfortable, but feel like we can thrive without feeling like we're borderline pov impoverished or something like that. Trust me, there are so many ways to live comfortably while living small and living efficiently that it almost makes no sense to spend more time getting more things just to not be around these things. Like, so much more, so much control lost in the pursuit of money and materialism there, you see. And, like, the whole aspect here is that bit by bit gaining control is being able to make your own decisions is being able to not have your life at ransom is being able to find your own path your own closure your own affirmation you know and it's good to use the people that have been in your life to use the words that they've said you know, about the way that you are in order to build up this, these paths or these, I want to say that these tools or muscles for exacting control in your own life. But understand that you need to use the things that serve you as opposed to the things that don't, you know, in order to maintain this element of control, to maintain a sense of yourself throughout all of these encounters. The more sense of yourself, the more sense of yourself that you maintain, the more awareness of who you are throughout all of this, the greater chances you have of still balancing and retaining control in your own life and living situation. And that control is what leads to freedom. It really is. It leads to a way of being able to express yourself freely. Because, you know, you know, you feel unhindered. You don't really feel like you you don't really need anybody or anything to tell you how to be. <laughs> you know? And that's a really great feeling, trust me. It's an it's an amazing feeling. And everybody needs it. Everybody deserves that feeling, you know, to just be yourself and not have all these extenuating things like the family pressures and societal pressures sitting here looming over your head telling you that you gotta be this thing. Yeah, it's nice to not have that. And one of the ways you and control control of yourself is well, you know, one of the ways you get to keep it. Hi, if you liked what you heard uh, and, and want to actually just like tell me what you think 
or just want to be a part of the podcast in and of itself, I'm going to leave a voice messaging link like in the description. Um, also, go ahead and feel free to leave some of your support right here. I'm working on a housing project that we have, so any of the support that we actually get on that project is going to be uh, also very thoroughly appreciated. That link is also going to be in the description. And so I hope that all of you gained, I hope that all of this was able to help you shed a little bit more of a perspective on these matters, and that I hope that you're able to build a better bridge to like yourself as well as the world around you.